Hello, everyone. This is Cassie from the Broad's Got Moxie. I'm sitting here with Danny. Hello. <laughs> Danny worked this morning and then came home and we had lunch together and now we're going to go ahead and record this. We're going to do another episode this week. Kiana was unable to complete her episode, so we're going to take it over for her. Yeah. Luckily, I had all my homework done, or most of my homework done, for (laughs) next week, so we're just going to move it up. Take care of business. Make sure you guys have quality content coming at you. Don't want you to forget about us. (laughs) So anyway, yeah, I don't know. Do you have anything important to say? No? We have our, our rainbow... Kiana bought us a rainbow light for Christmas. It was up last week, but it's on today. It's very beautiful. We love it a lot. Mm-hmm. Creates nice ambiance amongst the uh, paper lanterns in here. <laughs> All right. So let's just go ahead and get into it. We're continuing on my <laughs> journey <laughs> of the series that I like to call Women Who Did Shit I Would Never Do. So, this is the third woman who did some wild shit that maybe once upon a time was on my bucket list. I, no, I don't think they're on there anymore because it scares me a whole lot. (laughs) You wanted to go over Niagara Falls in a barrel? No, no, that was never. (laughs) Hot air ballooning would probably have been on my bucket list. But then I realized I had a pretty significant fear of heights. So I don't know whatever made me think that was a good plan. Um, But this also was something that I contemplated for a while. And now I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't want to toy with my mortality. So is it being a mom? (laughs) Okay. So uh, I used Wikipedia for this. And... An article from This Day in Aviation. So, okay. Georgia Ann Thompson was born on April 8th, 1893 in Granville County, North Carolina. (laughs) Was it last episode or the episode before that where I tried to do a North Carolina accent? You didn't try to do a North Carolina accent for the podcast. Oh, (laughs) That was just in our normal life. It was, wasn't it? It was recreating (laughs) a friend's conversation. That's right. That's right. Anyway, it was a good time, guys. Tell you what. If I just had cameras on me all the time, shit would get weird. (laughs) All right. So Georgia weighed only three pounds, which is fucking tiny. (laughs) That's like eeny, eeny, weeny. Like, I'm pretty sure the amount of food we consumed yesterday for Cinco de Mayo was probably equal to the size of a baby she was. (laughs) Oh, way more. (laughs) It was impressive. Anyway, tiny baby. She's the youngest and smallest in her family. She had seven siblings. And Georgia was given the nickname Tiny due to her small size. Something I've never heard in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Even as she grew into an adult, she was never more than five feet tall and was incredibly petite and usually weighed about 85 pounds. 
Dang. Which I was like, I'm sorry, what? She's basically Angela from The Office. <laughs> like, she's itty bitty. Oh, I was going to say Sophia from Golden Girls. <laughs> oh, also, the, also her. Very good. Speaking of Golden Girls, our friend Andrea got Danny a pair of Golden Girls fucking lounge pants that say squad goals all over them. And I could not be more jealous. They're so cute. I Oh, God, I love them so much. I know. They're pretty awesome. Yeah. I knew you would be jealous. I know. So I rubbed it in, put them on, and did a little dance. <laughs> all right. At age 12, now mind you, she's super tiny. So even at 12 years old, she probably looked eight. Okay. At age 12, Tiny was married to a man named William Jacobs, who is a cotton mill worker who was twice her age. And then I put in big giant letters right here. Child brides are a huge problem. (laughs) Like even now, it's a huge problem. First of all, gross. Second of all, what the fuck's wrong with you? Anyway, she gave birth to a daughter named Verla at age 13. Also, what the fuck? And is gets divorced all before she's 14 years old. She's had a lifetime of experiences before she would have been in high school. And then I put insert barf emoji because <laughs> I was real upset when I was reading that last night. Yeah. But Tiny supported herself and Verla by working 14 hours a day in a cotton mill. At age 15, she saw Charles Broadwick's world famous aeronauts parachute from a hot air balloon and decided to join the traveling troop, leaving her daughter in the care of her parents. Soon after, her relationship with Broadwick became really weird. So, there's different sources. I kind of, like, looked around for this. So, apparently, it was unbecoming for this young girl to be traveling around with an older man and this troop of adults. And it was unbecoming for a girl who was married at 12 to a man who was 24. Mm Mm-hmm. To travel around with an older man in his yes. traveling show. Yeah, people thought it was it weird. It was okay for her to get married and pop out a child. Look, don't ask And be me. divorced before 14. But it was unbecoming to want to go up in a hot air balloon with an older man in his traveling show. I guess. But anyway, point is, Charles Broadwick apparently asked her father if he could adopt her. But then, like... He, she also was his wife later, question mark? Goodness gracious. I don't know. It's all fucking bananas and very strange. So, I don't know. A census, like there was something in a census back then that said they they were married. But then also there's stories that he adopted her. And that's why she was with them. So I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, we're moving on. We've spent way too much time on this first paragraph. Okay. On December 28th, 1908, Tiny, billed as the doll girl, made her very first jump out of a hot air balloon. She was dressed in ruffled bloomers with pink bows on her arms, ribbons in her long curly hair, and a little bonnet on her head. But don't get it twisted. 
she was a daredevil. Her career blossomed, she drew huge crowds, and Tiny continued to make more and more daring jumps. One time, Tiny was badly injured in Knoxville, Tennessee. So it's May 1910. She takes her little parachute and jumps out of a hot air balloon. But she was carried away by the winds, dropped on top of a two-story building, and much like Sophie Sophie. Blanchard, (laughs) she rolled off the roof and fell on the ground, breaking her left arm and sustaining a bunch of other injuries. Bitches be falling out of the sky, landing on buildings, rolling off. You'd think an injury like that would make her hesitate to continue these daring feats, but not Tiny. So she's traveling around with Broadwick and his fancy French aeronauts, but they get a divorce or he disowns her. Who knows? Don't know what their relationship was, but they split. And then she got remarried to another guy and Tiny took on a new, even more dangerous challenge. So she's in California, and a man named Glenn Martin approaches her and is like, Hey, I've seen your show. seen you jump out of hot air balloons. How do you feel about jumping out of an airplane? And she's like, Yeah, of course. She's not one to turn down, you know, an exciting, new, terrifying thing to try. So on January 9th, 1914, from a plane built and piloted by Glenn Martin... Tiny became the first woman to ever parachute out of a plane. She jumped from over a thousand feet over Griffith Park in Los Angeles, California. She was also the first woman to parachute into water. So, this is an excerpt from an article in the Los Angeles Times. So, the writer is in the airplane. This is not her first jump. But she's, she's in the airplane, Martin's driving, flying, and Tiny is in the plane. And so it says, quote, When she was ready to drop, Martin touched my shoulder. I faced about and turned my eyes on the face of a child. She was clambering over the side of the machine. Once over, she clung tenaciously, her eyes fixed on Martin, who was just then looking over the side of the airplane. The signal came while he watched below. Just the slight movement of his hand, but the girl understood and her lips formed a goodbye. Smiling at me, Tiny stepped off into space, not even a tremor of the machine showing she was gone. And I was like, oh my god, that sounds terrifying. So it's 1914. Um, So later that year, she demonstrated parachutes to the U.S. Army which at the time had a small, hazard-prone fleet of aircrafts. Basically flying coffins, if you will. (laughs) We've heard all about those. So the army, at first, was reluctant to trust the parachutes. They'd never done this before. But they all watched as Tiny dropped from the sky. She did four jumps, and on her last jump, the... So, once upon a time they had these things called a static line. So when someone jumped out of a plane, 
there was a static line that would disengage the parachute once you got far enough away from the plane, right? So, however, when she was doing her last jump, the static line got all, like, bunched up. So, basically, the plane's flying and she's dangling there by a string because it didn't, you know, it didn't engage her parachute. So, instead of panicking, which was what I would have fucking done, (laughs) like, how do you not, she cut the static line and deployed her own parachute, thus becoming the first person to essentially jump free fall, which even more terrifying. All of these things seem so scary. So because of this issue and Tiny having the fucking smart, you know, the smarts to be like, okay, here's how I'm going to fix this problem. She invented the ripcord, making it possible for the skydiver to deploy their own parachute. The parachute became known as the life preserver of the air. And then during World War I, Tiny served as an advisor to the Army Air Corps. That's Nugget. (laughs) I don't know if you guys can hear that. He's very upset that we're both in here talking, and he's not. All right. In her lifetime, Tiny made over 1,100 jumps. That's both airplane and hot air balloon. Clearly, she survived all of them, but not without some painful moments. Once, she ended up on top of the caboose of a train that was just leaving the station, which sounds pretty hilarious. She got tangled up in the arms. What is it called? In the windmill. What are the things that a windmill called? Sails? I don't know. I don't know. Well, anyway, she got stuck in a windmill. Which also sounds pretty cartoonish and hilarious. And also got caught in high tension wires. Which is also not good. But she loved her work. Her last jump was in 1922. Chronic problems with her ankles forced her into retirement. That's what you get out from jumping out of shit a thousand times over. Tiny spent most of her life in California. And in 1955... She appeared on an episode of You Bet Your Life with Groucho Marx. It's kind of a random fun fact about her. She died in 1978 at age 85 and was buried in Henderson, North Carolina, where her daughter Verla and her many, many grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and great-great-grandchildren grew up. And the parachute that she used for her first military demonstration jump is now in the Smithsonian Institute. Nice. Isn't that wild? Like, there's a lot of things I wouldn't do. The next woman I do is, again, someone who did things that I would never, never, never even think of doing because it sounds fucking terrifying. (laughs) So, so far we have... A free fall skydiver, a hot air balloonist, and a woman who went over <laughs> Niagara Falls in a barrel. So, got a couple more in the next couple weeks. 
it will give you, I think, a pretty good insight into the things that fucking terrify me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so far, falling. Yeah. I think that should pretty much terrify anybody. (laughs) Right? Got you covered in three different types of falling. Yeah. Yep. It's, It's a bad time. All of them seem like a real bad time to me. So that's that on that, kids. If you love us, me, Kiana, Danny, I know things are a little weird right now. We're hoping to be able to get back together and record soon. But until then, we're all going to stay home and stay healthy and stay sane. (laughs) Not come up with any crazy shit to do. If you like... If you like what you're listening to and are excited for it to get back to normal, go ahead and rate, review, and subscribe. Leave us those five stars. We would really, really appreciate that. And if you're feeling wild and crazy, <laughs> go ahead and follow us on our social medias. We're at that Broad Scott Moxie on Facebook and Instagram and at Broad Scott Moxie on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And if you have any stories of your own, of, you know, are you a woman who did shit that I would never do? Let's hear about it. Go ahead and send us an email. We're at thatbroadsgotmoxie at gmail.com. We hope that you guys are all staying safe and healthy as well. Wash your damn hands. And, um, I, we'll, we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Music by Sage Krenning. Cover art by Vinny Navarrete. Produced and edited by Danielle Barsanti. Side effects of listening to this podcast may include excessive moxie, zero tolerance for the patriarchy, sass mouth, excessive sweating, tipsy tittering, desire to stick into the metaphorical man, fear of cats, empowering women, clammy hands and feet, the inability to do math, lack of patience for the bullshit, thirst for knowledge, questioning the system, cravings for bougie chicken, vodka, and justice, and in some cases can cause death on hills.